Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praises. That's it. Give him some praises. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands in his presence. Amen. The praise team was awesome today. And as they sung that last song, here is my worship. Receive my worship. That should always be the cry of every one of us. God, I worship you. Jesus, in talking with the woman at the well, she said, the time is coming when they that worship him must worship him in what spirit and in truth. Worship is very important for the believers. Worship is an acknowledgement of the awesomeness of God and his greatness. Worship also comes from a Greek word called proskuneo, which means to lay prostrate before the Lord. Not necessarily physically prostrate, but everything about me is before God. Yes, I acknowledge your greatness and I acknowledge your awesomeness, so all of my worries, Ebasha, has to fall prostrate before you. All of my concerns, has to fall prostrate before you because you are God. Get those hands and say, you are God. And let's make it personal, say, you are my God. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for inviting us into your family and coming to dwell with us on today. You are indeed awesome. You're mighty. You're greater than anything that we could ever face. You've proven yourself throughout history, God, that nothing has the power to stop you. Mm. So we thank you, God, that we're on your side. Everything, Lord, we lay at your feet right now in the name of Jesus. We even bring these services today, God, and we lay it at your feet. Have your way. Let there be a release of your spirit here today. Moving the hearts and the lives of everyone that's listening on today. You make a difference. You come to make a difference. You exist to make a difference. So we ask you that you would make a difference in our lives today. Let the anointing of your spirit dwell here. Consume us with your presence. We give to you right now. We surrender everything into your hands right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say thank you, Lord. They say, come on, say thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody, just say thank you, Lord. Come on, that's it. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Praises are always in order. I'm not just thanking him for what he's already done, even though I acknowledge that he's already been great. But you know what? Thanks goes into the future also. I'm thanking you for what you're going to do. I know you got great things for me. I don't see it, but I know you got great things for me. So I'm thanking you in advance. Come on, give him some advance thank yous. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord again. Amen for being uh, here. And um, I personally thank God for the opportunity to share the word of God. And I don't take that lightly. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, said, No man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So I don't take this lightly, but just having the opportunity to pour into the body of Christ and to the people of God, I thank God that he selected me to be one of those, amen, that will share his truths to the body of Christ. Um, we bless God for those of you that are online with us on this morning and for your faithfulness in joining with us in our services. I believe that the word of God is making a difference in your life. The word of God always makes a difference. Amen. The word of God is not dependent upon me except the fact of delivering it. But once it's delivered, it works on its own according to the purpose of him who sent it. So we thank God for the word of God on today, and we bless you for being with us on this morning. Call someone, let them know that our Father's house is on the ear. And I want to share this with you. We have a, a word that I'm going to be ministering on today in, in continuance of where we've been the last couple of weeks. We've been dealing with uh, understanding spiritual warfare. And I believe that this is a very, very important subject for the body of Christ and I want to encourage you those of you that are listening online those of you that are watching this um, even in its aftermath of delivery um, I want to encourage you to get a hold of all three of these lessons uh, because they're very important very important and I believe that our understanding of spiritual warfare will position us to experience more victory, okay? We'll sing the song and we'll say, you know, thanks be to God which always causes us to triumph, okay? That's good. But if you don't understand spiritual warfare, you won't experience what you are saying to the level that God wants you to experience it. So I want you to um, make sure that you get these messages, even those of you that are here, amen. Go back over them and listen to it this is not a word just to get you excited in service okay and i want to i want to encourage you now when the word of god goes forth it's not just something to get you excited in service oh so wow that was a good word you go home and forget about it no these words are designed to help you in your everyday walk with god so we want you to um go back and listen at the word of god open your spirits up to hear 
that which God is speaking to the body of Christ. I remember as God was speaking to John in the Isle of Patmos and he was addressing the different churches concerning the different things that were before them. One statement that was pretty much consistent with most of them was, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And I want to say that to you on today. You that have an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit not just talk, just to be talking. The Spirit always reveals the heart and the mind of God. Let's go into the Word of God on today. Um, I want to, as I said earlier, go further inside of where God has had us for the last <clears throat> several weeks. Um, hopefully, we should be able to conclude this on today. Turn with me to the book of um, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Also, First Peter, the fifth chapter. And then we are going to also go into 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Okay. 1 Peter 5. Let's go to 1 Peter 5 first. You all should know these scriptures now without having to turn to them. I've been preaching from them for the last three weeks. But we want to also be able to navigate through our Bibles. So turn with me to... First Peter, the fifth chapter. <clears throat> and uh, let's start at, let's just go to the eighth verse. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, hmm, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, <clears throat> identifying who your adversary is, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Go with me to, um, let's go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, the tenth chapter, and um, let's start at the third verse. Second Corinthians ten and three. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Though we are flesh beings, we have this flesh. When it's time for warfare, we don't use or depend on this for warfare. That's basically what, John, what Paul is saying. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Look at what it says here. For or because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. <laughs> They're not carnal. They're not fleshy. But they are what? Mighty through God. To 
for the pulling down of what? Strongholds. There's some strongholds that we encounter that must be pulled down. And when we engage in these battles, we got to realize that we are not battling with fleshy mean. But they're mighty what? Through God to the pulling down stronghold, casting down imagination. And every high thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God. <laughs> and bringing into captivity every thought. Every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Let's go to my next scripture because I, I can preach on either one of those scriptures and just go. <clears throat> Let's go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And we're just going to go straight to the 12th verse. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Listen to what it said. It said we don't, it didn't say we wrestle not. <laughs> okay. We are wrestling, but we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. Take a look around. Take a look around in the sanctuary. You were online. Just imagine the individuals that are in your life, pros and cons, those that are for you or against you. And then go back to this scripture, for we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. In other words, we don't wrestle against each other. <laughs> Our warfare is not against each other. You know how we love to put people in their place. <laughs> so that's not our warfare. <clears throat> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And you need to understand what is being said here now. We are wrestling against a higher dominion that is higher than the person that talked about you. Come on. And until you learn to focus there, you will always keep fighting the person that's dealing with you, that you're dealing with, and never tap into the source of your attacks. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. Let me share something with you. A principality is much more powerful than an individual. Where in reality, the principalities are what controls the movement or the activities of the individuals. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is so much that I want to make sure that we grasp as relate to this message you will find me going back and rehearsing periodically things that you may have already heard, but don't worry about that. It's not because I don't know where I'm going. In fact, it is because I know where I'm going because I think that there's some things that you need to hear repeatedly. 
Paul, when he was talking to uh, 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 the church, he said, I do not hesitate to put you in remembrance of these things, even though you've heard them before. I don't think twice about reminding you of them because it's necessary for you to hear them sometime over and over. So there's a lot that I want to <clears throat> ensure that we are grasping concerning this message. And one of the reasons why is because as we dealt with in the first lesson, there's a reality that every one of us are in a warfare. Okay, you're in a warfare. When I was drafted into the military in 1969, um, I uh, uh, did my basic training in Fort Jackson here in South Carolina. One of the first things that they instilled in me was we are living in wartime. <laughs> okay, it's wartime. And a soldier must take on the mentality that I am living during war. So there is a certain uh, uh, focus during wartime that a lot of time becomes more intense than non-war. The reality of it is, is that every one of us, and I shared this with you on last week, we were born into a war that we really don't know a whole lot about. Oh. You're talking about spiritual warfare. I don't know. What is spiritual warfare? Spiritual, spiritual wickedness is in high places. What are you talking about that? I'm just a human being. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. <laughs> but we don't realize that when we were born again, we were born into a war. The war that we were born into was a war that was already raging between God and Satan. That war is still ongoing. Even though God have already defeated him, and I want you to understand this, uh, God has already defeated the devil and sentenced him, which is not going to change now. I don't care how the devil runs rampant uh, in this realm. I mean, he knows that he's already defeated and sentenced. But now the warfare now is... It, it, it's almost like you messed with me and you beat me. I can't get you. I know you're better than I am. But if you have some children, I'm going to take them out. So the devil now turns his focus to us. God's children. I want to share this with you and, and, uh, uh, because this is very important, very, very important. One of the reasons why the devil focuses on us is not just because we are God's children, but it is true. He wants to get back at God any way he can. But he also focuses on us because he understands that being God's children, 
we are a threat to his work and his kingdom. You see, the devil has built a kingdom here in the earth realm. Oh, y'all need to see this. He built his kingdom here in the earth realm. The Bible said he's the prince of the powers of the here air. He's the God of this world. He built his kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. And when we were born into the family of God, the devil realized that that's a threat now to my kingdom. He said, Lula, I see you're a part of my enemy's team now. And I believe that if you get to where God wants you to be, you will fight against everything that I am building. So he begins to wage war against us. Let me show you this. I pray a covering and I plead the blood of Jesus. Over the people of God right now and their offsprings. Let me show you this. I told you all this maybe four or five years ago. Maybe some of you weren't here. But I shared this with you. I said the devil always fights potential. She fights potential. <laughs> and he realizes that every born again believer has divine potential. And you got to realize that I have divine potential. The devil is not going to wait until you become strong to oppose you. He's going to start with you in your infancy. If he can cut you off in your infancy, then much of the battle is already won because you haven't even had a chance to understand who you are yet. You haven't had a chance to understand who he is yet. So he'll cut you off in your infancy before you realize your potential. But I want everybody to, that's listening to me now, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, lift your hand and say, I am great in God. Now, I want us to see this. Something else that I shared, and I want to reemphasize this on today. <laughs> Is that the devil realizes <laughs> that a well-informed, confident, and growing believer poses an imminent threat to the work that he is doing here in the earth? Let me show you this. Let me say that again. The devil realizes that a well-informed, well-informed. That's why Paul said, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know. 
The devil realized that a well, why do you think the devil fights you so much as it relates to coming to church or going to Bible study or reading your Bible? He realizes that if you were to become well informed as it relates to who you are and who he is, come on, and become confident in that and begin to grow. you will become an imminent threat to everything that he is doing in this earth realm. So he don't want you to do that. He want to keep you ignorant. Lift your hands again and say, I will not be ignorant of the things of God. One of the keys to maintaining captivity or control over individuals is to keep them ignorant. Come on. Keep them ignorant. If I can keep you ignorant, then I can maintain control. You don't know what's going on. Let me go here because I, I need to um, try to move on through this lesson on today. Before salvation, let's go here. Before salvation, we were not a threat to the devil. Okay? You may have rode in the best car, had the largest income, <laughs> but you're not a threat to the devil. Why? Because you were under the control of his hand. Come on, I want you to see this here now. You were not a threat to him because, oh God, can y'all take this? Because he was your daddy. Real daddies maintain control over his children. The Bible says in John 8 and 44, when Jesus was talking to the disciples, not the disciples, to the Pharisees, he told them, said, you are of your father, the devil. <laughs> now, I don't know, I, I know I don't have to address that to any of you here because I'm trusting that all of you are saved. But, if somebody had come to you when you were out there and said, the devil is your daddy, you'd be ready to fight. Come on. But that's a reality. That's why you're not a threat to him because he already have you under his control. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, and um, the first and the second verse. <laughs> Listen to what it says here. It says, and I'm, I'm saying this to you all here. You have he quickened. Or you have he made alive. Or you have he brought back from the dead. Come on. Who were dead in what? Your trespasses and sins. That's an unbeliever. That's a sinner. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. Listen to what it said. Wherein in times past. 
You walked according to the course of what? This world. That's what we were doing. We walked according to the course of this world. The course that Satan set, uh, set in this world, that's the course that we walked according to. The devil being the god of this world have taken this whole world off course and before salvation, that's what we were doing. We were walking according to, you were thinking that you were doing your thing, but the devil was really pulling the strings and you were doing his thing. You were carrying out his bidding. That's why you were not a threat to him. You walked according to the course of this world, according to what? The prince of the powers of the air, the spirit is that now worketh in what? The children of disobedience. But that's not where you are now. This is what I want us to understand. When we were born again, the captivity was broken. Okay, <laughs> let me say that again. When we were born again, the captivity that Satan had over our lives, where we were walking according to the course of this world, was broken. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil devil that captivity was broken and let me share something with you not only was that captivity was broken but then now we were brought into God's team come on we are now a part of what God's team and we're on God's side and because we are now on God's side the devil takes focus on us and realizes now if he or if she grow up to their potential they're going to be a threat to everything I want so now I'm going to release that's why the scripture talks about the, the, the principalities and powers a man in high places and rulers of the darkness of this world see those demonic forces and Satan now launches an attack against you. Come on. Because he don't want you to reach your potential. The Bible says in John, he said, the thief cometh not for but to what? Steal, to kill, and to destroy. First Peter 5 says that our adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom. He's not seeking those folk out there in the world. Come on. The devil comes in the church. Right. Seeking. Can I get Sean off this week? Can I get Michelle off this week? If she stays focused from what she hear on Sunday... I don't know what she's going to do when she get on her job Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I'm going to do everything I can to trip her up. Come on. See, the devil does not always look for long-term trippings. He'll take a week. <laughs> He'll take a week. If he can get you off course for a week, he knows that he's stopped you from influencing somebody during that week. 
But now, as we go further inside of this lesson on today, I want us to understand this. <laughs> that we must focus now on our real adversary, the enemy. Come on. If I misidentify my enemy, or if I focus on that or those that are not my enemies, okay, let me show you something, then I will mischoose my weapons. Okay. If I look at you as being my enemy, then I'll use fleshy means all the time. Oh, I know I can put her in her place. Oh, I, I know how to do whatever. Come on, I'll use my fleshy means. And that's why the devil just sit back and as long as you identifying each other as enemies, you're sitting back. I got him now. As long as we misidentify our adversary, we will always mischoose our weapons. Now the reality of it is that since we are in a spiritual warfare, we cannot use fleshy weapons to fight a spiritual war. It's like taking a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> How do you look in a gunfight and you're pulling out your switchblade? And your enemy over there got a gun, a Uzi, 9mm. Crazy. In fact, he'll look at you. Can you believe this? And that's what the devil does. Can you believe this? Let's understand that God, in bringing you into his family and selecting you to work with him, the Bible says we are workers together with him, in selecting you to work with him, he will never choose you without properly equipping you. Never. Never. Nor will he select you or send you forth without properly training you. Okay, you need to understand that. Because when God saved us, he equipped us. When God saved us, he equipped us. He understood the warfare that you hadn't even understood yet. So he equipped you when he saved you. The Bible tells us, I think it is in Peter, 2 Peter, the first chapter, he says, now, according to as his divine power hath given us everything that pertains to Life and godliness. Everything you see, you, you, you need to understand. He's giving you everything. You ought to lift your hand and say, God, I thank you for equipping me. It's not the equipping that we need. It's learning how to utilize the equipment that God has given us. See, we sit in the church and we try to use God to get riches and get a new card and don't understand that, my God, don't you realize the power that you have on the inside? Let me share something with you. I got to hurry along here. Let me share this with you. The first thing that God equipped us with or gave us <laughs> is his spirit. You got to understand that. You got to understand that. 
Let me reemphasize that. The first thing that God gave us was his spirit. You see, God understands warfare. He understands the adversary. And he also understands us. And he knows that without some help, you can't make it. You can't make it. That's why Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, then the comforter will not come. The comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which is your help, which is your assistance. If I don't send the comforter, if you don't get the comforter, you cannot make it in this world, because the comforter is the one that understands spiritual warfare. The comforter understands the power of God, and the comforter is the one that that assist you in your walk with God. So he said, I'm going to give you a helper. I'm going to give you that. Let me share this with you. The Holy Spirit is not your weapon. <laughs> okay. He's not your weapon. He's your confidant. He's your manager. He's the manager on board in your life. He is your trainer. He is your empowerment. And you, you need to see this now. He is the one that teaches you what your weapons are and how to use it's about your weapons. Come on. Why is it that you think for so long in the body of Christ uh, the devil has hushed the mouth of preachers and leaders uh, uh, in understanding the power of the Holy Spirit? That has been a, a, a direct attack of the enemy. If I could just get them confused as it relates to the Holy Spirit, then now they're not able to tap into their help. Come on. If I just believe that the Holy Spirit is there just to get me to speak in tongues, oh, oh yeah, I'll let us speak in tongues. I'll let us speak in tongues to disrupt the whole service. As long as they don't understand the power that the Holy Spirit brings. Come on. Let me show share this and I gotta I gotta close this out. <laughs> Since the Holy Spirit is our help, our aid, He brings to me the knowledge. You, you know what the scripture says? The scripture says, I think it is in um 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the 11th verse. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 2 and 11. It says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is what? In him. Okay, I need you to follow me here. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man except what? The spirit of God. Now you need to follow me here. I don't care how many degrees you got behind your name. You don't know the things of God except by the spirit of God. 
Come on, I don't care how well you can read, how well you can articulate. Don't you realize that there are hundreds and hundreds of preachers standing behind those pulpit preaching a word that they don't even understand what they're saying? Why? Because if the Holy Spirit don't pull back the veil of that word and reveal the heart of the Father to you, you don't really know the mind of God. That's why we have to live in a constant relationship with the Holy Spirit so that he can reveal to you what God is really saying. He knows the mind of God. Come on. Look at that next verse, the 12th verse. Says, for we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is what? Of God. Why? Why? So we can jump and shout? So we can speak in tongues? No. That we might know. That we might know. The things that are freely given to us, freely given to us, already given to us, of God. The Holy Spirit. Don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, nor his purpose in your lives, nor the importance of yielding to him. The Holy Spirit knows God. Let me share this. The Holy Spirit understands warfare, spiritual warfare. The Holy Spirit understands the devil. You don't. He does. The Holy Spirit engaged in spiritual warfare from the time that God kicked the devil out of that realm in the heavenlies that he was operating. He understands. And the Holy Spirit knows <laughs> He understands that the devil is no match to God. So he said, if you just learn how to follow me, if you learn how to surrender to me, there will be no battle that you will lose as long as you're following me. Okay, okay. Can you digest that? Can you digest that? Oh, sure. Now, since the Holy Spirit is our help, our confidant, our friend that has been given to us to assist us in this battle, then now you need to understand some of the weaponry that God has made available to you. The truth of the matter is uh, that God had made available to every one of us uh, the proper weaponry that we need in order to win the battles of life. You've given us everything that we need. The Bible said in Colossians, the second chapter, I'm thinking of the 10th verse, said you are complete in him, in him, in Christ. You are complete. You got everything you need. It's got to learn how to use them. When I went into the military in 1969, I did not have any understanding of rifles and weapons and all of those kind of things. But because they understood warfare, they said, I got to let him understand now. He got to learn how to use a weapon. And one of the weapons that he's going to have to learn how to use is an M16. 
I don't know what an M16 is. I think that's a spot on a bingo card. They had to train me. First of all, he had to, they had to help me to understand this is the weapon <laughs> that will be essential as you go further inside of warfare. Okay. They trained me with the M16. They trained me in using what we called a bayonet. I don't know if you, you know what a bayonet is. A bayonet is an, uh, 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 like a, a sword that's attached to the end of your rifle that in case you get into close combat, you can use the bayonet from the end of the rifle to ward off or attack your adversary. There's a whole week of training in learning how to use the bayonet. <laughs> then they taught us how to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Okay. They were preparing us for any <laughs> avenue of war that we may find ourselves involved in. Okay. Let me go, let me, let me, let me, let me jump along. Let me jump along. Can I jump? Let me jump along here because you need to understand that God has made available to us the proper weaponry we need in order to win this warfare. Many times we may not even know that, but the Holy Spirit knows, so the Holy Spirit will direct you to the weapons that you need. Not only will he direct you to them, he will train you in its usage. One of the chief weapons that God has made available to you is the word of God. Okay? Is the word of God. Is the word of God. The word of God is a weapon that we can use against the adversary. When Paul was describing uh, 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 the armor that uh, the believers are to put on in order to ward off uh, the attacks of the enemy, one of the things that he said inside of that description was, put on the word of God, which is what? The sword, I think it's in Ephesians 6 and 17, which is what? The sword of the spirit. You see, you see, we need to understand that. We need to understand that, Shanet, because when we understand the effect of the word of God in our lives, we will come to the place that I want to really understand. I want to learn that because when I'm being attacked, I want to know how to ward off the enemy. But look at what it says now. It says, put on the word of God, which is what? The sword of what? 
The spirit. Now, I need you to understand something here because uh, engaging in warfare, you got to always incorporate uh, the help of the spirit. I don't care how much word I have. If I don't have the Holy Spirit to teach me how to use it, then I could be rendered totally ineffective. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. It is that weaponry that the spirit uses in the midst of your battle, in the midst of your warfare. It's the word of God that the Spirit reminds you of. It, it, it would be a tragedy to go into war and forget your rifle. No. Or got your rifle and forget your bullets. And I'm, saying, I'm, I'm saying this because that's just like a believer not understanding the word of God. Mm. Going out there, I'm going to fight the devil. Get behind me, Satan. Just like those fellas, uh, uh, the sons of Sceva. They're going to go and attack this man. Yeah, yeah, we're going to, we, I adjure you in the name of Jesus. The demons looked at him and said, see, they're, they're demons are spiritual beings. They look at him and said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Who, who, who are you? Let me show you. It's almost like, like I said, you going... In the midst of a battle, talking about I know karate. So now wait a minute now. That M16 I know. That hand grenade I know. But that? Come on. See, until we understand the word of God and trust the Holy Spirit you see you got you got to make sure that that marriage is there and trust the Holy Spirit's training and teaching and selecting it inside of situations we won't win any battles come on you know what the Bible said the Bible says in Hebrew the fourth chapter, the twelfth verse, it says, For the word of God is what? Quick. <laughs> Quick. Sharp. Powerful than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and marrows, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the word of God is powerful. Don't underestimate the power of the word of God in your life. Again, that's why the enemy will do everything he can to keep you away from the word of God. When you want to go and sit down and study, the enemy will always find something else. To you, child, don't you remember? You're supposed to be doing that over there. He don't want you to understand what the word, because see, the word reveals him. The word reveals who he is. The word of God reveals to you who you are. Come on. He don't want you to know that. He does not want you to understand 
that he is the one that's behind all of the calamities in your life. He don't want you to know that. The word of God will show you that. He don't want you to know that. <sighs> Let me show you this. Paul told Timothy, and I got I to close. Paul told Timothy this. Paul said, first of all, I think it is in 1 Timothy, the first chapter, he said that you would war a good warfare. Okay, you're in war. <laughs> don't you realize you could be in a war and don't wage a good warfare? I was stupid. Okay, let me show you this. I, I was stupid. I'm in Vietnam. Been trained how to use my weaponry and trained as it relates to understanding the mindset and the psyche of the Viet Congs. Okay? There are certain boundaries that they establish for us because outside of certain boundaries, you're more susceptible to the adversary. But because I was stupid, okay, I decided one night that I'm going to leave my base and go down into the villages with the Vietnamese and just hang out. <laughs> Okay, just hang out. Go and get high. Went down and got high and all of those kind of things, you know. In the middle of the night, well, it wasn't really in the middle of the night. It was just somewhere, I guess, around 10 or 11, I'm not sure. One of the persons that I was sitting there conversing with said, G.I., run, run hide, G.I., run hide. In other words, G.I., which is us, Go run and hide. So why? Uh, the Viet Cong here. The Viet Cong here. Oh, God. You talking about crashing a high? My high went out the window. I ran into a room and hid, into, hid behind something. I don't remember what it was. And I heard the Viet Congs out in the other room talking. Yeah, they were speaking Vietnamese. I didn't, I knew a little Vietnamese, but not enough to follow a conversation, you know. All night long. Let me say that again. All night long, my life flashed before me. I'm not equipped. I didn't take my weapon down there. And if I had a weapon, it would not have been sufficient if I'm going to fight against. You, you understand? And I'm there off base, out of my protective zone. <laughs> out there. My life flashing before me. I can imagine... Somewhere during that night, I prayed. <laughs> you, 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 you know, God help me, God help me, God help me. Early the next morning, sometime after day had broken, they came in the room and said, Yeah, it's okay, it's safe now, you can go. Oh, Lord, you're talking about a relief. But did I do that again? Look at somebody and say, he ain't that stupid. <laughs> but 
I want you to understand something here. You, 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 you know, whenever we step out of the boundaries of what God has ordered for our lives, we have become vulnerable. I was still a soldier. I was still a soldier. I was still a part of the American army. But because I was off base, I still knew how to use my weapon. But because I was off base, I was vulnerable to the enemy. So here Paul tell Timothy, said, war a good warfare. Don't be foolish. Don't be stupid. He told Timothy in the sixth chapter of uh, Timothy, Timothy, he said uh, 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 that you would fight the what? Good fight of faith. Let me show you something. You will never wage a fight of faith. And you need to understand here now. You need to understand what is being said here. He said fight the good fight of what? Faith. He said you will never win a warfare against the enemy without a fight of faith. Okay? Okay? Can we accept that? That's what the Bible says. <sighs> a fight of faith is never effective without the word of God. Come on. Can I share something with you? Faith does not work without the word. Okay? Let me show you this. Faith is me believing in a power or a resource or a source that is greater than I am. Okay. Okay. If I have not heard of something that is greater than me, then where is my faith connected? Okay. Faith is always connected to something that God said. But God, you said this. God, you said that. God, your word says that. So God, that's where I'm going to place my faith. My faith is not just something that's hanging out here in never, never land. Just know my faith must always be connected to the word of God. You know, the word of God says in uh, 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 Romans, the 10th chapter, he said the Romans, the 10th chapter, in the 17th verse, it says now, faith cometh law. By hearing. And hearing what? The word of God. In other words, if I'm not hearing the word of God, where's my faith going to come from? If I don't have something that God spoke to me, then what am I going to believe in? I've got to believe in what God says. And that's why the devil don't want you to understand the word of God. Because when I understand the word of God, then I give my faith something to lay a hold of. God, you said it. I believe it. And that settles it. I'm not going to waver. Even though I don't see it. Your word says it. When the devil looks at you standing on the word of God. <laughs> and I say standing on the word of God. I'm not just saying reading the word. But standing on the word. 
This is what the word says. I don't care what you say, devil. I'm standing on what God says. You know what the Bible says? I keep saying this. You know what the Bible says in James, I think it is. When he was talking about the adversary, he said what? Submit yourselves, what? Therefore to God. Okay? You're in battle. You're being attacked by the enemy. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Yield yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what? He will what? Flee from you. You mean to tell me the devil will flee from me just by me resisting? Yes. As long as I'm resisting him in submission to God. In other words, God, I'm giving everything over to you. I'm believing your word right here, God, because I'm no match to the devil. So, God, you are greater. I know that you're greater. You've always proven yourself to be able to defeat the devil. So, God, right here, God, I'm, I'm surrendering everything, casting all your cares. I'm surrendering everything into your hand. Submit yourself, therefore, to God and resist the devil. I can't resist the devil without having a source or a force behind me that's greater than him. Come on. I've got to have a, a backup. And the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham is my backup. Submit yourself, therefore, to God and then resist the devil. You see, because, uh, 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 Peter, if I come after you and I feel that I'm stronger than you, I'm not saying that literally, uh, but I'm just saying, you know, hypothetically, I feel that I'm stronger than you and I can take you out. And you know that. Okay, you, you, you know that. But then you also realize that you got a big brother over there that is a champion. <laughs> and you see me coming. He's coming after me. You would be a fool to come out and say, yeah, come on, let's, let's, let's get it on. Let's get it on. Without first, hey, bro. You know, this God coming after me again, come, I, I need your help. Because if you come out there without him, I'm going to run you ragged. Okay? But when you submit to him, and you step out, and then he's standing there behind you, all of my plans going out the window. I'm going to retreat. Why? Because of who you have backing you. Come on. As long as we realize who we have backing us, as long as we realize that God is the devil's boss, as long as we realize that the devil has been openly uh, uh, defeated already by God, by Jesus, as long as we realize that and surrender to him, there's no battle that we can lose. Why? Because we're not fighting in this battle. We're giving it over to him. Come on. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Um, the word of God is a very powerful weapon. Prayer is another weapon that we can use. When you find yourself in battle, pray. Talk to the Lord. 
The Bible says, at their wit's end, they cried unto the Lord, and he helped them. It said, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers when you're walking with God. Prayer invites the presence of God in your battles. Prayer acknowledges to God, I can't do this. You remember Jehoshaphat? Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. We're giving this battle to you. And then praise. Praise is another weapon. Don't let anybody shut your mouth from praising God. Praise is our way of acknowledging God's greatness. God, you're great. You're awesome. <laughs> God, you've done it before. You can do it again. God, I thank you for the victory that you gave me last week. I know that the devil don't have power over you. God, I thank you. Prayer and praise Prayer and praise work together. The Bible says, in Acts says, Paul and Silas, while they were locked up in prison, <clears throat> prayed and sang praises unto the Lord to the, to the point that the very foundations of the prison was shaken. Jehoshaphat was one that when he was being attacked by the Ammonites and all of the other ites, they were totally outnumbered. Jehoshaphat realized that. But Jehoshaphat said, God, I need you to come. I need you to help. I don't know what to do. <laughs> God gave Jehoshaphat instructions, says, send out the praise team. Send out the praise team. Don't, don't worry about your... Weapon, don't worry about your spears and your swords. Send out your praise team in the morning. And when you see the adversary, just start singing praises. Unto the Lord. And they obeyed God and began to sing praises. And the Bible said that when they began to sing praises, the angels of the Lord came in and discomfited or shattered enemy. Philippians, the fourth chapter. And uh, I would say around the fifth verse says, rejoice in the Lord. Say what? Again, I say rejoice. So let your moderation be known of all men. Your balance, your control, your soberness. Don't get bent out of shape when you're attacked. I'm resting in God. Look at what it says now. It says, be careful or don't get worried or anxious about anything. You're a child of God. But in prayer, okay, 
supplication. What's that next verse says? With thanksgiving. Prayer and praises work together. When I tell God about my problem, I'm not waiting to see the answer. I begin to praise him immediately because I know that he has the power to do it. Come on. Prayer and praises work together. But if I don't understand the word of God, I don't know what to pray about. So if you want to go into your weapons closet, make sure you got the word of God. Prayer and praises. I'm not saying that those are exclusively the weapons. As the Holy Spirit reveals, he will reveal other weaponries. But those are three that I know that would help you in this warfare. Prayer, the word of God, and praises. Don't let the devil rob you of that. And of course, that relationship with the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you how to pray. Come on. He'll teach you how to pray. When you submit to him. Stand to your feet, everyone. Hallelujah, Jesus. God wants us to win this battle, these battles that we find ourselves involved in. Paul said, my task in Ephesians the third chapter, he said, my task is to get all men to see. I got to get you to see it. Get all men to see what is your fellowship in this whole salvation thing. You got to understand. And he said, now, you got to understand that it is the will of God. Listen at this. It's the will of God that God would use you, the church. He said, the church, which are you, not this building. We are the church. To prove to what? Principalities and powers. See, God wants to use you, Andrea, to prove something to the devil. Not to your neighbor, not to that person on your job. But God wants to use you to prove the principalities and powers. His manifold wisdom. God said, when you position yourself in me, God said, I will reveal my manifold wisdom through you. Yes, because I want to prove to the devil that me living in her is greater than your attacks. Yes, Lift those hands to him, everybody. Father, we bless you today. We thank you. God, just for who you are in our lives. 
you've proven to us throughout scripture and even throughout our lives that you are indeed the devil's boss. There's never been a time that the enemy, our adversary, the devil, attacked any one of us that you did not have the power to overthrow the enemy. Lord, we've seen it throughout scripture. When the enemy attacked your purpose, your plan still prevailed. Asa, we thank you today, God, that we understand that we are indeed on the winning side. We are part of the winning team. But God, we realize that we still need you every day. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being with us. You are our ride or die partner. Thank you. Thank you for the wisdom that you dispense. Thank you for the power that you give us in the midst of situations. God, we pray right now that you will continue to reveal the truth of your word to us. Teach us, Lord, how to go into your word and, and receive the truth that you desire that we know. Rebuke the spirit of deception that have infiltrated the church to keep us, Lord, off course as it relates to what you want to do in, with us, and through us. We come against every adversarial foe right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare victory over the enemy. We declare victory in our minds and in our hearts, in our emotions. We declare victory in our, in our situations. We thank you right now. God, you, in you, God, we can always have the victory. We bless you for it. We surrender to you right now. Let those hands and say, Lord, I surrender to you right now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. They said, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the Word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.